Hello, everybody, and welcome. You are listening to the Power Hour here at CGLO 1690 AM in Montreal. My name is William Power. I'm with my buddy, Dominic Demeester. We've got a great show scheduled today for you folks. Uh, the Actually, NFL is releasing the schedule later on. Well, today, uh, Thursday, as, uh, as Dominic and I air the show, uh, it is Thursday. I'm super excited. We already have an idea of what a few of the good matchups will be. Dominic, I love this time of year. You get to see who your favorite teams playing week one. Uh, you get to see, you know, games, revenge games, uh, games that you have circled on your calendar. So, uh, you know, a super uh, cool time for us as fans. But I think players, too, you know, you always want to see uh, how much you're going to travel and all this and that. So I think, uh, you know, the players are going to be really anxious to see what happens uh, Thursday night when the schedule gets released. Oh, yes, absolutely, William. This is the time of the year where we have players circling dates on their calendar because they know those dates mean the world to them. Definitely, I'm looking forward to those dates coming up on Thursday. Yeah, Thursday, later on today, Dominic, for sure. Um, I think, like you said, like it's a good way to say, you know, objectives and, you know, things you want to, uh, you want to accomplish against certain teams. I always like these games because, like, we see a certain player getting traded and he's like, for me, like if I'm getting traded from a team, like the, the team that I used to play for, that's the first game circled on my calendar, uh, whether it's divisional matchup or not, or, you know, a game that's not supposed to be close. Uh, I think those are like, you know, kind of, um, you know, you said, uh, you know, these guys are human. Obviously, you know, getting traded hurts. And uh, you want to see games where you kind of get back at your old teammates and your old coaches. Uh, we don't know yet uh, what the uh, first game will be of the season. We presume it'll be the Los Angeles Rams playing at home uh, just because obviously they won the Super Bowl. Uh, we know that there's going to be games on Christmas Day. Uh, there'll be, uh, actually, excuse me, a game singular Christmas Day. There'll be the Denver Broncos uh, and Russell Wilson playing at the Los Angeles Rams, Dominic, Christmas Day. Merry Christmas to everybody. <laughs> That's going to be outstanding football to watch while eating some leftovers. Guaranteed. Looking forward to it on Christmas. For sure. hundred percent. Now, obviously we got some good basketball games on Christmas day uh, and the basketball playoffs right now. Speaking of basketball are in the heat of things, NHL as well. We can talk about that a little later on, Dominic. Something I like talking about on the show, Dominic, I think that you're really good at is, you know, finding these hidden gems in the NFL draft. And, you know, we touched on the NFL draft uh, over the last week or so, but I uh, didn't really dive too, too much into it just because there was so much that happened and obviously other things in the offseason that are happening. But, you know, we talk about these guys that get drafted in the third and the fourth round uh, or maybe even guys that get drafted late in the first round that a lot of people, you know, aren't talking about. Um, I'm curious to see, you know, like those type of players, Dominic, that you feel fit right with the coaching staff, with the system, um, and uh, a guy that, uh, or several players, uh, people or NFL fans should be keeping an eye on uh, for this up upcoming season that maybe, you know, we may not have heard of so far. Yeah, my guy, I've been talking about him all off season. It's Wendell Robinson from Kentucky, ending up in the perfect system with those New York Giants. This team is going to spread the football. You watch out. Brian Dable knows how to execute high-powered offense. I would expect the same in New York and expect a guy like Wendell Robinson receiver out of Kentucky, kind of a smaller receiver, but yet can run routes like there's no tomorrow. He's also a really scrappy receiver, which always is a good thing when you're looking for that competitive edge. A guy that I've always admired, which is Steve Smith. I think that this kind of stature of a player in terms of his size really showed a lot of receivers out there. No matter how small you are, you can compete in the NFL in the right system. Wendell Robinson to the Giants is that guy. 
I like that, Dominic. And you think about the Giants wide receivers there. They have Kenny Galladay, uh, obviously getting uh, in that big contract in the offseason last year. And then you add a guy that you said it brings a similar comparison to, to Steve Smith, which is awesome there. I remember love watching Steve Smith. Uh, it was kind of like when I started watching football, like he was kind of, I guess, say, not the peak of his career, I guess, in the second half, uh, but just a guy that, you know, would talk that smack and then let you know about it when he, when he made a big play. Uh, do you think that, like, this Giants receiving core now – with him, with, you know, Kenny Galladay, uh, obviously losing Evan Ingram in the offseason. Do you think these guys can be good enough for Daniel Jones? Uh, maybe not necessarily to make a playoff run, but to stay relevant somewhat throughout the course of the season. I see the Giants having a chance at a playoff run this season. I truly do. I really think it will come down to whether or not Daniel Jones can deliver in his final season, he will have really a good receiving core, in my personal opinion, with Sterling Shepard, Kadarius Toney, Kenny Galladay, Darius Slayton. I mean, they have a lot of depth up in the Giants. And I really think that if they can put it together uh, in terms of their offensive game scheme, which will be, again, an air raid, expect Daniel Jones to have an opportunity to really showcase all that he can do. And if he fails, he'll be gone by next year. Yeah, I, I got to say, like, uh, it's kind of like a, a put up or shut up year for Daniel Jones um, and uh, and everything you see there with the NFC East kind of, uh, you know, you feel that the Eagles looking a little bit different. Speaking of the NFC East, not to, uh, you know, change the subject off of those Giants, but I saw predictions uh, earlier, early on in the week. And um, for, for the most part, I have a lot of people picking the Eagles to win that division, Dominic. And kind of like, uh, I say, look, I think the Eagles definitely did get better. Uh, Got to see what, uh, what Jalen Hurts is able to bring to the table. For me, I don't know about your perspective, Dominic, but it's still the Dallas Cowboys division to lose. I think they're going to be favorites. I think they'll win the division. Um, and uh, you look, obviously, like they look different than they, they did last year. No Amari Cooper. Um, Zeke was not what uh, what they had hoped for him to be uh, last season. And, you know, getting a very limited yards uh, per carry there. But in your mind, who's favorites to win that division? Because for me, it's still Dallas division. And, like, if I'm making a prediction now, I think the Cowboys win that division. And, like, I don't really see any other way another team could win it. If I would pick somebody else, it would be the Eagles. Uh, not a big believer in the, the Commanders and, and or the Giants. Uh, so, for me, it's still the Cowboys division, Dominic, to lose. It's definitely a safe pick. I mean, when you got Mike McCarthy, who I really respect as a head coach, leading a team out there, uh, why not? Why not the Dallas Cowboys? It probably will be them. One guy that I really like that they picked up, thank God, was Jalen Tolbert, wide receiver, to help that wide receiver core who lost Cooper during the offseason. So I wasn't too impressed for the Dallas Cowboys draft, to be honest with you. Me and either. I firmly do believe that this division is wide open for anybody to take. But if I had to take a chance... For Dallas, I'm gonna to have to build upon that right receiver core and Jalen Tolbert being a guy at six foot one, 195 pounds to come and help those Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, uh, definitely, Dom. I think that it, it definitely will be something to uh, to keep an eye on now that Dallas Cowboys draft and a lot of Cowboys fans I spoke to aren't too too pleased with how the draft went for them. Uh, Got to wait and see what happens there. Uh, you know, a lot of times, look, we're quick to judge. You know, there's a lot of these these guys that uh, we haven't heard of or like we think we know uh, all the answers and like guaranteed picks, but it, it really does never really pans out that way. So it's always like, you know, cool to see what happens and how patient uh, a team is able to stay, you know, whether they give them their rookie players uh, two years, three years, because, uh, you know, it's kind of uh, we talk about like a what have you done for me lately type league. And uh, I think that now more than ever, Dominic, I think these rookies are under a lot of pressure uh, to perform because even like Trevor Lawrence, like, of course, the Jaguars are going to stick with Lawrence. Um, 
for for the foreseeable future because they invested obviously a lot in him. That over one, the number uh, number one overall pick. I get the sense that like these rookies now more than ever are expected or maybe not expected, but we we're hoping for them to to kind of make an impact right away. Um, and when they don't, it's all, oh, we're quick to say, oh, this guy's a bust or oh, it doesn't fit. It's the wrong system. Um, and I think these rookies have a lot of pressure on them and like more pressure than, than ever and more pressure than, than, than people realize. Um, I think it's just maybe like this day and age and, uh, with, with uh, like all these crazy athletes coming out of college and like with all the hype, um, and now more than every note, we're looking at mock drafts, mock draft one, mock draft 4.0, like there's all this information we get on college football and these guys coming out of uh, college and what they're able to do in high school. Uh, I get the sense that like, there's really like, for these guys, these college players, like, yes, they're obviously super excited to be drafted. Um, their goal is to make the NFL. They made it. Um, and you kind of want to get your feet wet and, and like see, um, you know, take a year or two to develop in, in the right system and, and the NFL. But like, I feel right now, even myself included, we're really quick to kind of pull the trigger and say, okay, no, the, no, this guy's a bust. Like he's got to be traded. They got to move on from him. They got to get let go of him uh, or it's just not working. Yeah. It's very sad to see in a way. I'm a more of a classic traditional NFL old school fan. And I really like to see a veteran presence develop in a football team, mm -hmm. but that's the way of the past. Unfortunately, I think that nowadays the NFL, like a lot of other professional sports is a revolving door. It's a revolving door because the college football programs are becoming a lot more sophisticated in their approach. We have technology, obviously helping players evolve a lot more than ever before. And as a result, you're seeing guys having an opportunity quickly in any sport. And if they don't fit, whatever for whatever reason they get kind of like tossed out which is a shame because again these guys you know sacrifice their entire lives playing a sport and yes they're going to be very well rewarded but at the end of the day they also want to make an impact within a community within you know a, a team a city and if they obviously don't get a chance to do that more than three years it seems to me kind of a waste and you see a lot of guys losing their confidence yeah it takes like a level of maturity where right? like just kind of like you have like these fans that like uh, calling you a bust and um, like this, this added pressure. And you just, it's all about like really these guys like believing in themselves, believing like, like they put in the work because uh, it is a ton of work. Like oftentimes as fans, we talk about all oh, like these guys are so lucky. They're getting paid tens of millions of dollars. And of course, like I would <laughs> love to be one of those guys, uh, but it's not easy. They're putting in the work. They're the ones traveling uh, They're you know, with their blood, sweat and tears every single day, waking up early in the morning, uh, obviously having to adjust their, uh, their, eating habits so it's not a, definitely not a cakewalk to be in the, in the NFL and I think you just got to admire like all of these players and like how talented they actually are um, and how hard it really is to make it in the NFL one guy who has made it in the NFL Dominic drafted by the Las Vegas Raiders who I think people are not talking enough about is Zamir White who was drafted in the fourth round with the 122nd pick nicknamed Zeus running back out of Georgia uh, he won the national championship this past year uh, Georgia was uh, an incredible team arguably the best defense uh, ever in college football I think that uh, that is something that I'd have to to ride my hat on that Georgia defense was insane this year and oftentimes um and like, understandably, so the the offense gets kind of you know forgotten about. It's it's Stenson Bennett winning the championship, and like he's not really a sexy quarterback. Uh, he doesn't like have anything that sticks out with you, like his deep ball or his ability to kind of throw on the run or his ability to uh, I don't know, kind of thread that needle. It was really all about this Georgia Bulldogs defense. But uh, you know, they were proud of themselves on defense, and they were a good running football team, uh, and always kind of like that two running back system. But uh, like I said, Zeus, Samir Wright, running back out of Georgia. 
drafted in the fourth round by the Las Vegas Raiders. I thought he was going to be picked in the first, maybe not two, but definitely by the first three rounds. Uh, he slips all the way to uh, midway of the fourth round. And look, you think Josh Jacobs, really good running back, um, a guy that fits the Raiders system perfectly. He's a guy that, you know, he, you give him the ball 30 times a game and not worried about him getting injured, not worried about him fumbling, not worrying about him getting tired. But let's say, like, look, near the end of the game, Josh Jacobs has, like, taken a lot of hits. Uh, it's, like, late in the fourth quarter. They got to run the clock out. Jacobs isn't feeling it. You give it to a guy like uh, Zamir White, and this guy's able to shut off tacklers, and he's a really fun running back to watch. He didn't get the nickname Zeus for, for any reason. He kind of bounces off those defenders left and right. So I'm really excited for White, number one, that he got drafted, but also to the team he got drafted for. Um, and some people may say, like, well, it's not a great fit because they already have a clear-cut number one running back in Jacobs. But I think that's kind of why he fits in well because he's going to be um, a guy that I don't want to say people like aren't game planning for because they will be game planning for him, but mostly for Jacobs. And then you kind of throw in a, a, a guy with fresh legs in uh, in white, and you know he's kind of able to, to change the pace of that offense. So I really enjoyed that pickup for the Raiders, and I think they had a great offseason. Uh, obviously, adding Devontae Adams, which was a, a massive, massive blockbuster trade there. Uh, but Zamir White uh, going to be. Probably running back number two for the Raiders coming into the season. Obviously, we got to see with training camp and uh, everything that goes on. But uh, I think that uh, White has a perfect fit with the Raiders, and I really like this uh, this draft pick for them. Josh McDaniels is definitely doing something great. You saw New England always have a ton of running backs ready at the disposal. Zamir White coming in at six foot, two hundred and fifteen pounds. I don't see him as a three down back. I see him more as a goal line back and maybe yeah. kind of like a tank to bring you from November all the way through the playoffs to rely on. I was kind of really shocked that they didn't pick up Josh Jacobs' fifth-year option. Mm -hmm. That, to me, was probably a red flag related to injuries. And I see now that Josh McDaniels' strategy is probably to have a multitude of running backs uh, for those Las Vegas Raiders to compete, kind of like what they did in New England. Yeah, totally. Like they have that, like you said, Dominic, that system that kind of works uh, with the several running backs there. And like, you know, like that works and it doesn't work. It's kind of tough because you don't really have that number one running back. So it's like you're not really able to develop. Uh, I guess I'd say you don't let the running backs kind of develop and, and feel the game when you're kind of like putting uh, them in for two drives and then taking them out. Uh, but, you know, we've got to obviously uh, see what happens. So like you said, McDaniels uh, there with the Raiders should be an interesting season for them. And I know a lot of Raiders fans that are super pumped for this year, reasonably so. Let's continue into this. Uh, we talk about the NFL schedule, Dominic, and uh, we don't know uh, the full schedule yet, uh, which games will be happening, which games won't be. Uh, however, we do know some games um, with, uh, we don't know the start of the season, but we do know that the second Monday, uh, Monday, September 19th, because football starts September 8th is the kickoff, but Monday, September 19th, so the second Monday of Monday Night Football, we got a doubleheader between the Titans and the Bills at 7.15 and the Vikings and the Eagles at 8.30, Dominic. Love it. Titans and the Bills. That's going to be a really strong football game. I like Mike Rabel. I can't wait to see what he does without A.J. Brown. That being said, we all know it's Derrick Henry's team. And for the Buffalo Bills, I mean... I'm still questioning this season for Buffalo. I really do think that the Bills are going to take a step back this year. And the major reason why I believe that is, it's because Brian Dable is now gone from that team. I know they'll still have a lot of plays built in that offense, but I believe it won't be the same for those Bills. And whether or not Cook can make a difference at the running back position remains to be seen, but that's the wild card moving forward for the Bills. 
up. It looks like uh, Dominic thinks the Buffalo Bills have missed their boat. We also got to think, Dominic, like, yes, they lose Dable and uh, and their team will look different, but the AFC is stacked, right? Like, I don't think in all my years of watching football, I've seen the AFC this stacked, just like with the wide receivers that have ta- been taken in uh, in this conference, the quarterbacks and everything. Like, this is like the AFC, like we've never seen the AFC before. And I think that, like, you could make the case that, like, 10 teams could come out of the AFC and be uh, representing them for the Super Bowl. Uh, so, like, I don't know. I think, like, uh, similarly to, like, the draft, like, we didn't know who was going to get drafted where, and I thought that was exciting. I really think that this year, like, upcoming season in the NFL, more than ever now, we just – we really don't know um, – who and what will uh, will transport through the course of the season. And that second Monday night game, Dominic, the Vikings and the Eagles, I think these are two teams that have something to prove. Uh, the Vikings there, uh, like, always been a solid team. Uh, you got Justin Jefferson, you got Dalvin Cook, you got Adam Thielen, you got a, a fairly good defense. Um, and just a team that hasn't seemed to get over the hump. A lot of that falls on Kirk Cousins, in my opinion. But, you know, with the Green Bay Packers now, uh, and them looking really different, I wouldn't be surprised to see those Vikings take a shot at the NFC North. I said it before, one of my bold predictions is the Packers will miss the playoffs. So that means somebody else has got to win the division. Why not Minnesota? You know, why not Minnesota? They are a good team. We know they're a good team. It's just about them being consistent throughout the course of the season and specifically Kirk Cousins. Um, and then the Eagles playing that game at home. That game's oh man, that's going to be a, a great uh, a great game to be at. Eagles fans are going to be pumped about that one. The new addition of A.J. Brown should be two exciting football games there on September 19th. Speaking of those Eagles, Dominic, one thing that I hadn't talked about yet that completely shocked me um, and uh, and shocked like shocked me to the fact that I didn't even remember to talk about it. One of the biggest for me surprises in the draft was the Eagles getting linebacker out of Georgia again. Georgia Nakobe Dean, eighty third overall. I was looking at mocks, Dominic, and in like nine out of ten of them, he was taken in the first round. Um, and if you would have told me he would have taken in the second round, I would have been like borderline surprised, almost shocked. But like the fact that he was taken in round three shocked me. I'm, I want to get like your opinion on this, Dominic, because I was like reading into this and like I watching NFL Network and, and various shows and like there was no real reason as to why he slipped. Like there wasn't an off the field issue that came out of the blue. There wasn't an, like an injury that teams didn't know about. And then, oh, suddenly drafty, they find out about it. Uh, it was, I don't know, it was just really surprising. And like the fact that this guy played at Georgia, like he was the heart and soul of that defense at Georgia. Like one of the, really the main reasons this team won the national championship and I know, like, look, it's easy for us to sit back and say, wow, how did this guy slide so much? Because uh, there's so many good players in the draft. But, like, if I had to say, like, one one player I'm surprised that slipped so far, it was N'Kobe Dean. Like, in the third round, like, for me, it was shocking. And, like, not only the third round, but, like, mid to late third round. He was the 19th pick in that third round. I think the Eagles got an absolute steal, Dominic. And when we're talking about best value picks, for me, this is the best value pick in the entire draft. Well, To go alongside Jordan Davis, it's going to be something to see whether or not the chemistry of Georgia ends up kind of latching itself to those Eagles. I unfortunately didn't like uh, Dean to start off with. So Mm. I didn't really, you know, with the entire Georgia defense, one of the most um, selected team ever in an NFL draft, there's not going to be more than three guys, max, I would imagine, that are going to be really stars out of that Georgia defense. One of them, I do believe they did get, which is Jordan Davis. Mm -hmm. That size you just can't find anywhere. And the speed that we saw Jordan Davis run at the combine, it was 
astonishing. That being said, the knock on Nicobe Dean here is that he's undersized. So he can be exposed with big, large tight ends. And I know that we've heard that over and over again, but that's probably the main reason. A lot more tight ends are involved in the NFL than ever before, I find, and that a guy like Dean could be exposed. But then again, you know, the Eagles had an opportunity to get value, and a lot of people couldn't care less about Dean's size. And they had Dean obviously a lot higher. But then it was the Eagles that got the value. So kudos to the Eagles and good luck to those Eagles. Yeah, like Eagles, uh, man, Eagles seem to be doing a lot this offseason. You're right, Dominic. He's five foot 11, uh, just under a shade under 230 pounds. Uh, I think you bring up a good point, though, in the fact that, uh, you know, he's going to be playing alongside one of his buddies there. Uh, weaknesses, look, I think, like you said, like one of them is, is, being, um, is being undersized. I'm just reading a report here. It's like they say, like, sometimes he's not necessarily great at reading. Like, he, he bites for the eye candy. Uh, so he's not necessarily, quote unquote, a disciplined running back. I'm uh, just like, this is one of the weaknesses that, uh, that's popped up a few times uh, here. So uh, there's other also is like, there is, has been talked about his injury concerns. I know, I know I said there hasn't been, uh, but like, he, he hasn't been consistently injured. Uh, so it's kind of uh, like, I'd say for like those reasons, Dominic, and, and several more, I'd be surprised to see him, uh, to see like how far he, he slipped in that draft. Um, sticking with the draft, Dominic, uh, obviously we talk about like teams that we thought did really well, uh, teams that we thought didn't do so well. Uh, a question for you would be like, we talk about guys that like get drafted high. Um, was there a guy in this draft? Like, of course there's, there's the good things. We also got to look at, you know, kind of uh, the bad and like guys that we think that got drafted a little bit, uh, too high overall. Uh, is there a guy maybe like not necessarily the first round there, but I guess preferably the first round is that you thought that maybe was a tad bit, uh, of a reach, uh, for, for an NFL team, whether or not that was a fit for them. Um, yeah, the, over the course of the, uh, the NFL draft, Dominic. Yeah, I'm not afraid to say it. Trevon Walker, number one, I think that that was a huge mistake for those Jags, not, being able to go protect right off the bat uh trevor lawrence that to me was a huge mistake you're gambling on georgia's defense there were an entire defense it's a team sport and yes okay you were probably sold on the intangibles and yes you got the game tape but to me trevon walker aiden hutchinson kwan tibado i mean pick your poison they all have pros and cons and to me having the number one pick overall and having three players that are there, you could have maybe traded down. I'm sure they probably might've traded down. I guess it just weren't sold on Equonu or Neil, which to me is a huge mistake because I know Neil in my personal opinion was a steal at seven for those giants. And I think that Trevon Walker is going to walk into a football team who already have a pretty good established pass rush. Mm-hmm. I mean, we'll have to wait and see. But no, that's the guy that I want to point towards, Trevon Walker, at number one with all that value. I don't know. I'm not buying it. Spicy, Dominic. Number one, do you think for, for you it's not uh, – it's kind of high because uh, the fact that the Jacksonville Jaguars, like we both thought that they should have taken an O-lineman. Is it more that and that they should have drafted uh, somebody else from the different side of the football field? Or for you, is it more uh, Trevon Walker and like you kind of don't think he's able to – because I think he's a good player. I think he's a good player, and I think you do too. Uh, for me, it's more the fact that like 
I think they should have drafted O-line. Not that like this guy is necessarily going to be a bust. I think like later in the in the first round he could have been uh, you know a very good pick. And I'm not saying he wasn't a top ten pick. So just asking Dominic for you, is it more like Javon Walker as the player, or that he that he can't live up to that number one spot on the expectations, or because Jacksonville really should have went and uh, drafted the other side of the football field? I just really think that um, Trevor Lawrence, I should say, mm-hmm. regressed last year. And yeah. you got to build this guy some confidence. And yes, I'm sure Trevon Walker is going to go and help, but you're not going to help, in my opinion, Trevor Lawrence, who last year, I'm not even sure again with, with Doug Peterson, if Doug Peterson is going to be the right guy. Uh, so yeah, Zay Jones, Marvin Jones, yeah. Christian Kirk, None of these receivers scare me. And of course, the number one, you're not going to probably drop the receiver, but yeah, I don't know. Offensive line, pick your guy, protect Lawrence. That's just the way I see it. Yeah, I, I'm with you, Dominic. I think like these are like Marvin Jones, very good wide receiver too. Christian Kirk as well. Zay Jones, I'm not sure. LaVisca Chenault. I want to see a little bit more familiar. People are talking about uh, Chenault being that guy kind of similar to like the I guess maybe Devo Samuel is not a great comparison, but a guy that can kind of do it all, like the kind of, uh, he's like a really tough guy to defend because he could take it anywhere on the field. He could play slide, he could play wide, he could even line up at the running back position, take it from the Wildcat. Um, so, you know, I, I think like these Jaguars are going to struggle to score. And I think like for, uh, for those reasons, I would have taken uh, an offensive lineman there at one. I'm going to go to number three, Dominic, with Derek Stingley. I like Derek Stingley. I like what he brings to the table. I like the fact that he came from LSU, uh, a school that's, you know, always had like pride themselves in solid defense. I think three is a little bit high for him, Dominic. I'd, if I was Houston there, I would have taken Thibodeau. Uh, and if I wanted to go cornerback, I would have taken Sauce Gardner for me. Uh, Gardner was like the, the best CB slash DB in this draft. So if they were going in that route, I would have taken Gardner. Uh, but if I was sitting there at three with the um, Houston Texans pick, I think I would have taken Thibodeau. And honestly, maybe it's me being biased. I probably would have taken uh, Hamilton to Kyle Hamilton out of Notre Dame. I, like uh, something just doesn't sit well with me with, I don't know why, but it just doesn't like after that pick, I was like, okay, you know, it's a good player. Uh, you know, like obviously Houston wasn't going to take a quarterback. Uh, they weren't going to go wide receiver. It was too high. I don't mind the position they picked, I guess. Uh, but something just didn't sit well with me in that Derek Stingley pick. Uh, not really like anything that he, uh, like I'm worried about him as a player. I think that he's a good player. Uh, I think he was big for those, uh, those Tigers of LSU. Um, and I think that he brings a lot to the table. Um, and, uh, you know, kind of one of those smart players, six feet, 190 pounds. Um, but, you know, for me, it was like, I thought it was an opportunity to get a guy like Thibodeau uh, that could really like wreck the, the running game and, you know, kind of get to that, that pass rush uh, and get to the quarterback there. So that, that number three overall pick is not sitting too well with me, Dominic. Yeah, I think that um, Clowney probably has something to play with this. You know, the pass, dropping that high, going for a defensive end, and one guy that kind of like didn't really pan out was Clowney. So why not be bold and go with Derek Stingley, who I honestly believe was the best DB in this draft. I think that this guy is going to be his entire career with the Houston Texans. So if you like a guy, go ahead and reach, but he better obviously – you better you better hit because you could have got yourself yeah. alignment here uh, and i think that again when you want to try to protect your quarterback it's probably the number one thing you want to do but i really do think that Derek stingley is a special special player he's going to prove a lot of people wrong you might even win player of the year on defense next year 
Oh, damn, like it. He's been compared to Stefan Gilmore, which obviously is a really good comparison there. Uh, you know, kind of cool. Usually we, we agree on uh, things, Dominic, but I think it's uh, it's nice to agree to disagree at times. Uh, let's talk about those Texans, Dominic. Houston Texans, they've been, uh, I think to say over the last few seasons, they've been in a bit of a roller coaster is, is an understatement. Uh, obviously, with everything happening uh, with Deshaun Watson uh, and DeAndre Hopkins and, you know, getting rid of him and th that started everything. Uh, and now they got Mills at the quarterback uh, position there for them, who had a fairly decent year as a rookie for those Houston Texans. I'm not sure what to expect of this Houston team. I don't expect a, a run at the playoffs. I don't expect too, too much. Um, I could see them coming in. Uh, not that it's a, a huge win, but I can see them coming third in the division. I know there's probably a lot of people that have the Jacksonville Jaguars as a better team than the Houston Texans. For me, like the top two teams are the Colts and the Titans in that division. And like the drop off from three to four is, is from two to three uh, is pretty big. But uh, I could see Houston jumping into that third seed, building off of Mills, seeing what they have. I just don't think he has enough like guys to throw to. Um, does Mills like... You talk about like that that receiving core. There's not a lot of names that like jump out to you and they say, oh, like we got a game plan for this guy, or you know we're like worried about this guy. This guy could uh, could change the game there. For the Houston Texans, they have Brandon Cooks, who, like I I find him I, like he's not a guy that uh, I would ever. Like, like, okay, good. We got like Brian Cooks. We're going to be safe. Like he's a guy that's been way, way too up and down throughout the course of his career. I've had him in fantasy. He can't stay healthy. He drops balls. He has three good games. He's going to have seven games in a row where he slides. He's just a, extremely uh, inconsistent uh, for, uh, for a guy that I want to have as my wide receiver run. And then like you look at like other guys, they do have John Mechie, uh, wide receiver there, youngster out of Alabama. But like, other than that, Dominic, like this Houston Texans team, I think like they're in, they're really in rebuild mode. Um, and I think that, you know, it would have been kind of cool for to see them push for a wide receiver uh, to, to help out their, their young quarterback in Mills and, you know, get him a guy that uh, he could, he could rely on and, and trust in, in key situations. Yeah. We still have the free agency yeah. uh, to play out. You never know who's going to come out of there and where they're going to come out for the Houston Texans this year. I think nobody has any expectations for them whatsoever. So they get to go out there and play loose. And when you play loose, you know what? A lot of the times you can surprise a lot of people. I'm an old school football fan. They have Davis Mills coming in for his second year as a pocket quarterback. I like what Lovey Smith is doing up in Houston. He's taking his time. He's building from the ground up and hopefully for him, it all will fall on whether or not Davis Mills can deliver. And for whatever reason, call me crazy, but I think that this team will finish at worst 500. I think this team wow. can compete throughout the entire NFL. It's whether or not they can get those extra wins and sneak in in those playoffs, which I don't think they will, but we'll wait and see till it's all said and done. If they add a couple more veterans to this football team, because I'm sure they have a lot of money. You don't have a lot of players currently playing in Houston. I think that this team could maybe shock next year. It's a big if it's a big, if I won't lie, but let's not put, you know, let's not kick Houston down the curb in comparisons to a lot of other teams in the NFL. I think Houston again will be a 500 team when the season is all said and done. Well, I like that. Uh, I, for me, like I'd have to say for Houston to compete for a 500 record, they, they really need to add one of the, better wide receivers available in free agency. And even at that time, like, I think it's going to be tough. Like I think 500 season for them would be almost a mini miracle. Uh, so my question is, yeah. is, can anybody 
is old school football dead at the quarterback position? Are we not seeing any more any old school pocket shotgun quarterbacks that barely move out of the pocket that need that offensive line to protect them? That's basically what the Houston Texans are doing. You know, there's only a few teams that I find that are doing that right now in the NFL. Has that offensive system gone by the wayside and now the new NFL is just taking over? And if you're not in it, you're going to lose. I like that question, Dominic. I would say, no, it's not dead. Not yet. But the game has definitely evolved. Like we see when you think about like the great quarterbacks in the NFL, obviously you got like the the non-mobile ones in Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers. Then you got the Patrick Mahomes, the like Lamar Jackson, who a lot of people are high on. You got Josh Allen. You got Russell Wilson. You got like Justin Herbert too, and guys like Joe Burrow who are able to like tuck it and run if need be. I think that if you're a guy that is not mobile in the least, you have to be able to throw the football like an Aaron Rodgers or a Tom Brady. Because um, if not, it's like these defenders are too quick. The defensive line gets there too fast. Um, and like you're, you become fairly predictable. So it's fine to be predictable. It's fine to kind of be like that. Like you said, down like the old school type of quarterback, but that's if you throw like a tight spiral every single throw and like, you're able to kind of, you know, thread that needle, um, and put it where only your receiver can catch it and your receiver only, you know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. I agree with you. I think that, uh, we have no clue what to expect with Davis Mills in year two, but I think the guys like Brendan Cooks, you know, he never got any love, but he's a decent receiver. He's mm-hmm. really is yeah. a decent receiver. And Nico Collins has already established a good rapport with Davis Mills. And I see that actually growing. And if he could put it all together, this guy at six foot four, 215 pounds, he might come out of nowhere next year. Because when you're going to have John Mitchie taking the top off defenses, I honestly think that there's a potential, you know, question mark will be whether or not that offensive line can withstand the pass rushes of the current NFL. You know, we have Laramie Tunsil that's been in the NFL for a while. He was really high ranked. He had the whole story in Miami. Yeah. Ended up becoming obviously a Houston Texan. Another guy that they drafted, Kenyon Green for a, a really high ranked guard to help that O-line. So you never know. You never know. And I just, again, I feel strongly about if a guy and you need experience, Lovey Smith has that old school experience to put it all together. We'll see what happens in Houston, but for whatever reason, I have high hopes for Houston. I honestly, I like it, Dominic. And I'd say like, you're, <laughs> you'd say you're the glass half full in the situation. I, I feel like I'm most of the time a glass half full type of guy. I just don't see it happening. Uh, but you know, that's why, uh, that's why you have these teams that surprise a lot of teams. Right. And that, that come out of nowhere. And I think the Houston Texans would be happy to kind of, like you said, not have that pressure and not have super high expectations. Um, and, and, you know, get the job done. Like we talk about, right. Adding wide receivers and stuff like that. And the Texans having, uh, like money to spare. Like, look at these names still on the board, Dominic. You got Julio Jones, Jarvis Landry, Will Fuller, Jamison Crowder, T.Y. Hilton, A.J. Green, Odell. Like, I'm very surprised that Odell hasn't re-signed with the Rams yet. Like, I don't know what's happening there. I don't know what he's waiting for. The longer this, like, like doesn't happen, the longer they're kind of negotiating for a deal or Odell is, like, looking to find a, a better spot, I guess, the, the more I could see him not rejoining the Rams, uh, which is honestly, like... Uh, a big, big surprise to me there. But like, think about it, like Wolf Fuller, he used to be a Texan um, and uh, he was able to take the top off of defenses. I think that look, there's like these teams that like need wide receivers um, and like these guys now 
we, you can make the case like they're they're past their prime, uh, but I think they still have a lot left to, to bring to the table. They bring in veteran experience. They're like a, a young quarterback's best friend. Uh, like who better to, to kind of mentor off of than, uh, you know, obviously not, not a quarterback there, but still a wide receiver that knows the game inside and out. And like these like wide receivers left are all smart guys, guys that have made a name for themselves in the NFL. Dominic, the funniest thing, or I don't know how funny it is, but we talked about John Mechie. And so I put his name on Google and he actually is one of the rare players that's been drafted in the NFL and the CFL. So he's a member of the Houston Texans, but was also drafted in the seventh round by the BC Lions at pick number 59. Like, I didn't even know this was a thing or a possibility. So he and this just came out yesterday. Uh, well, yesterday, Monday. Because you and I recorded this on Tuesday, but he has a decision to make now. So we don't even know if John Mechie is going to be playing with the Houston Texans. I think he will be. But uh, all this to say, like, I didn't even know he was drafted by the BC Lions. That's really funny. <laughs> Usually I hear these things happening to guys that are obviously not drafted. Right. But um, yeah, well, obviously we're going to see that uh, Mechie will stay with the Texans. If ever his career went down the hill for whatever reason, well, he's got a home in BC. The CFL, they're always aware of what's going on, who's having problems, uh, and they're always ready to strike whenever somebody actually drops. 100%, Dominic. This is a little off topic, but do you watch the CFL? What are your thoughts? Like, do you, like, follow it as, obviously, probably not as much as the NFL, but, like, do you watch a game from, like, time to time? Oh, absolutely. I've seen many CFL games. The only thing with the CFL football that's completely different is, obviously, three-down football. So, to me, it's a different kind of you know it's football but it's a different type of football and some people like it some people don't i'm 50 50 on it but i'm definitely more of an nfl fan totally dominic something that drives me nuts about i do like the cfl too and these like guys are good players and like people you know put down the league but i said no these guys are still great athletes and great football players but what drives me nuts about the cfl is that one point thing like getting tackled in the end zone if you miss an extra point and it goes to the end zone you get a point like that's nonsense that drives me nuts anyways sticking with the wide receivers we talked about the wide receivers that are left dominic um i'm curious to get your opinion on these uh, wide receiver free agents and the best fits for them. For me, like if you just pick any of these guys remaining, any pick any wide receiver you want, Dominic. I'm gonna go with Julio Jones, uh, a guy that I still have a soft spot for in my heart, and I think it's the Indianapolis Colts. And I've been saying this for a while now. Colts can use a wide receiver, potentially losing T.Y. Hilton. Why not go all in for this year? The Tennessee Titans have seemed to have I don't want to say slipped there, but like. I don't think they're going to be as good as they have been in years past with the loss of AJ Brown. And um, I just don't trust Tano as the quarterback, as everyone knows. Uh, so why not? If you're the Indianapolis Colts, you already got a new quarterback, Matty Ice. Uh, you got a good young wide receiver in Michael Pittman Jr., a good young running back. Why not go after a guy like Julio Jones? So uh, nothing would make me happier. Well, let's see Julio Jones going to the Dolphins would make me the happiest. But if Julio Jones goes to the Indianapolis Colts, for me, Dominic, like, I'm not expecting miracles here, but I, to me, it just makes sense. It makes sense. It's a guy that Matty Ice trusts. Uh, it makes this defense, sorry, this offense a little bit more scary for defenses to cover. Um, and it's, uh, I think it's going to provide a headache for uh, defenses around the NFL. And I think Julio Jones joining the Colts makes this team instantly, instantly favorites to win that division. So I'm going Julio to the Colts would be my best fit uh, for, uh, for him as a free agent. I'm 50-50 with that landing spot because I wasn't able to see uh, Julio really thrived in that division. I would rather see Julio with Aaron Rodgers mm. with the Green Bay Packers. That's where I want to see Julio finish his career. And I think Rodgers needs a guy that has the confidence to, to you know, 
put himself in these really difficult positions where only very few receivers uh, can catch the ball. And I think that Julio is that type of guy. He makes incredible catches. I know he's obviously getting older, but that's my landing spot. The other two players that I want to mention in free agency that need to sign, and I think I'm going to sign very quickly, is Jarvis Landry and Cole Beasley. Both of these guys are slot receivers. It's just a, it's a matter of fit. Who is missing currently in the NFL, a slot receiver? I would look at currently, we just talked about Houston as a potential landing spot. I know Brandon Cooks is really the go-to guy there, but why not have another guy to come and help? And we obviously know that Atlanta is definitely dying for another receiver. It's just whether or not Mariota has the accuracy to deliver in terms of the route running. So if he's improved, sure, give it a shot. But if not, if we need to find Landry and Beasley a home with an accurate quarterback. Yeah, actually, the Baltimore Ravens rivals of the Cleveland Browns are, have been uh, eyeing wide receiver Jarvis Landry. Uh, and on, like, I know like the way I talked about that offense in Baltimore and the fact that they like to run, I know the fit doesn't seem great, but I can actually see that working. Uh, something about that tells me, you know, that Landry and Lamar will have a good connection. Um, you know, he won't have to force the ball deep. Landry's kind of the intermediate range guy. Uh, he's a guy that reminds me of a Steve Smith, a guy that like is a kind of undersized, but like plays with a, a mean streak on his, uh, on his shoulder. And that like, he's like, you're not getting any handshakes from him. He's going to make a catch, stare you down uh, kind of, you know, with that, that swagger. And I think that the, that could fit well with Baltimore and, you know, staying in the division. So I think that'll be a big loss for Cleveland, especially if he ends up going to those Baltimore Ravens. Uh, but something that uh, you brought up, Dominic, that uh, I want to jump to the Atlanta Falcons and Marcus Mariota. It looks like Mariota right now will be QB1 in Atlanta. What are your thoughts on that? For me, that's surprising. Um, I thought there was a chance the Atlanta Falcons would draft a wider, uh, excuse me, draft a quarterback in the first round uh, of their draft. They didn't. Um, they, uh, they drafted a uh, wide receiver, Chris Olave, which is, a, you know, I think a, a really good pickup for them. But not sure I like the situation there in Atlanta with Marcus Mariota being the starting quarterback for them heading into the season. Yeah, I don't know what Atlanta is doing, to be honest with you. I really don't. I think the ownership's got it completely wrong at the quarterback position. Granted, they brought in two identical quarterbacks and Marcus Mariota and Desmond Ryder. So they're looking for something. I think we talked about it earlier on the top of the show where, you know, pocket quarterback, mobile quarterback. What Where do you go? What's the new NFL like? And these guys are obviously new quarterback, kind of like era type of quarterbacks. And I say that only because of mobility and not a little less on their creativity. I think they're both, you know, they rely on their legs heavily. That being said, I would expect that Drake London will be the beneficiary of many long bombs, but that's about as complicated this offense is going to get. And I do believe Atlanta will be looking in the top five next year at the draft board because this team's going absolutely nowhere next year. My apologies, folks. It is not Crystal Lavity drafted. It is Drake London. I should have known that, especially because how high I was on Drake London. But yeah, Dominic, I think like this team is gonna struggle. And you know, I don't uh, I don't see too too much of a bright future there. Like maybe in, in terms of you know who they got, the pass catchers, Drake London, Kyle Pitts. Like I could see that uh, see that like being a, a deadly com- combo eventually. On defense, they do yeah. have I love EB Keddy coming out of Penn State. I think that he's gonna be outstanding as an outside linebacker and they brought in another guy by the name of D'Angelo Malone we'll have to keep an eye on that defense mm-hmm. I don't think that offensively they're going to be able to to put it together uh with the running game that they have up there Patterson had an amazing uh season yeah. last year that nobody saw coming 
if they could keep that going somehow being very creative and Tyler Algier, who I was a big fan, they drafted him at the running back position as a one-two punch. That's the only way I see this team thriving is through the running game and obviously with a strong defense. But other than that, no, no, this is going to be big, big problems for Atlanta moving forward. Yeah, I have to unfortunately tend to agree on that one uh, for the Atlanta Falcons. Wide receivers remaining, Dominic. We mentioned them, quite a few of them. Uh, I'm surprised there's still like these many left on the board. I guess I see these many of high quality. Do you think by the time we're doing the show next week, uh, next Thursday, that any of these wide receivers will have been taken, whether that's Jarvis Landry, Julio Jones, Odell, T.Y. Hilton, A.J. Green? Uh, do you think that uh, by a week's time, let's say a week from now, do you think any of those guys will be signed to an NFL team? No, I think that nobody's in a the panic mode right now mm -hmm. to, to sign a wide receiver. And they're probably trying to bring down that, that value that these receivers are trying to get yeah. the longer that they don't sign. Uh, they're going to make it harder on themselves because it's a competition, right? Who wants to pay what and who's got a, a slot for me to play in. Mm -hmm. So they're all competing, but I do believe the team that's going to come out there probably picking first will be those Packers. I know some people might be big on the receivers that they drafted. I just would like to see another veteran in green Bay expect yeah. Green Bay to sign one of these players soon. If any team needs a wide receiver, it's the Green Bay Packers. You know how I feel about that. Uh, let's talk about Dominic free agent and free agent fits or well, ones that we really like. I'll go first. And, you know, I give a lot of love to offenses, to wide receivers, but they say defense wins championships. I'm not sure how much I believe that, although I really do uh, like the saying. It's something that, you know, I've been taught at a very young age playing sports. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's where we talk defenses. Like, you know, who grows up saying, yeah, like I, I love playing defense. You know, defense is like the one I want to do. You want, you want to be the guy scoring touchdowns, the guy putting up points on the board. Um, so, you know, I always admire like uh, these guys that are like uh, – like, like play a hard-nosed defense that like I've always known since they were young, they want to play defense. And so where I'm going with this is my favorite pickup uh, in the free agency has been uh, Khalil Mack to the Los Angeles Chargers. Obviously, his defense wasn't good, Dominic, last year. You had talked about it often on the show. Uh, the Chargers had, you know, a really good offense. But I think now with this added piece of Khalil Mack, a smart linebacker, uh, a guy who knows the game inside and out, a guy that could really do it all for your team, um, and that like, at a point in time was arguably if if not the best defensive player in the NFL, if not the best player in the NFL, uh, bounced around like over the last few years, which is surprising. But I think this is going to be a good fit for him. And I really like what the Chargers did addressing that defensive side of the ball, taking in Kilomak. You look at the names on this team, like this team has stars, this team has studs. Um, and it's really like the sky's the limit for them. So we got to see what they can do. We've been saying that for a long time with the Chargers. Uh, but in terms of offseason and what we see now, uh, not on the football field, just uh, you know, just before the season kicks off, I really like the Kilomak uh, signing to the Los Angeles Chargers, and I think that's going to be a good one for them. I like it on the surface level. When we dig deeper, we might find out that Kilomak might not be the same guy that he used to be after all those injuries. So I have a question mark on Mac. Mm. He's going to have to earn it for me to get into my good graces. And I think that he can. I think that he's got a division where he can eat up Russell Wilson on the daily and uh, maybe not Pat Mahomes because he's just Houdini out there sometimes. <laughs> so we'll have to wait. But the guy that I want to say is an amazing signing is Bobby Wagner. I don't know how the Seattle Seahawks let Bobby Wagner sign in their division. When you're going to have Aaron Donald, Bobby Wagner, and King Ramsey, 
<laughs> I think that the Rams are in, you know, a great position to repeat as Super Bowl winners next year. But I do think that those Cardinals might cause a lot of ruckus up in that division, as I said last week. But yes, Bobby Wagner, if he stays healthy, if he plays all year, watch out for those Rams again. Mm. Do you think, and put you on the spot now, Dominic, the Rams right now, if you're picking an NFC winner to make it to the Super Bowl, are you taking the Rams? On the spot right now? No. I have to always go with quarterback. Uh, mm-hmm. I have to go with uh, Aaron Rodgers by being the guy to lead a team. I think that really uh, he has a lot to prove. I think last year was just one of those oddities where he had all the pressure on him and he choked, I guess, is the best way to put it. Yeah. But I still value his talent. And that's how I evaluate, you know, the quarterback position is the premium position in football between him and Tom Brady. I think Tom Brady is just due for an injury. So I'm going to go with Aaron Rodgers. I would have to pick Green Bay if I was put on the spot. Okay, well, I like it. Obviously, you have two different uh, different opinions on that um, and, uh, you know, what uh, what's going to happen for the season. I think it's like like I talked about, Dominic, there's a lot to look forward to uh, this upcoming season and, and anything. We have a few minutes left on the show, Dominic. I, I, I want to c- put a kind of bow on the wrap and, uh, uh, excuse me, on the draft um, and, uh, you know, continue uh, like talking about that and maybe potentially with the next few shows, but kind of give our last imprinting thoughts. I guess, what were your overall thoughts on the draft, Dominic? Whether that was uh, overwhelming, underwhelming, things that surprised you, um, things that you thought that like uh, teams like really hit it home, um, or if it was more to the sense that like, look, it was one of those drafts where like there wasn't necessarily like the QB one, and for that reason and many more, that was kind of like a letdown. Uh, like for me, it was I was definitely excited for the draft. Uh, I know that I was. I think maybe because the Dolphins didn't have a pick in the first two rounds, and there wasn't like an exciting quarterback to watch watch out for um i still think it was a good draft nonetheless um and for me it was like the like it was the trades like the the trades of that draft like the nfl players that move from team to team like it wasn't the guys getting drafted it was the, the players already in the nfl that moved around in the draft that made that draft so exciting for me so uh that was something that, that i wanted to bring up that uh i enjoyed of the draft yeah the draft was special this year i think that uh, we've never seen that many wide receivers being drafted mm-hmm. early on and that had a huge impact on the draft somebody's going to come out of there the winner i'm going to say between the kansas city chiefs the giants the ravens and i also like the seahawks those are the four teams that i think really did an amazing job in the draft i don't know who's going to come up on top but these are the teams to watch next year i see the seahawks pulling a rabbit out of their hat. Mm. And for some odd reason, even with whoever they have at quarterback, they drafted two huge offensive linemen. And I, we've talked about it at the top of the show about how important it is to protect your quarterback. And they also drafted your boy from Michigan state Walker, who I think if you're right. And with a lot of people are, do believe that this guy is going to be the real deal. I think the Seahawks has a running game to go with now. Probably a passing game, which I say probably because Russell Wilson will be a big guy to replace, but I think they can. I think the Seahawks can. I know I'm seeing a lot of teams in that NFC West division, (laughs) but that's the area that we have to look at next year because that's the area where a lot of action will be. Uh, All this to say that every division has a storyline. It has been a super exciting offseason and should only continue to get more exciting. That's it for the show this week, folks. Hope you enjoy it. Hope you're back next week. Enjoy the weather. Stay safe. You were listening to CJLO 1690 AM in Montreal.